How you doing, everyone? Uh, welcome to Loud and Proud Orlando. It's Monday, April 10th. Uh, we, we are live. It's uh, 9.02 p.m. Thank you so much. Uh, a little bit of a time difference because uh, I had to work a little late, but we're all here. Um, you know, a lot of things have happened in the <laughs> OC atmosphere the past, the past week or so. Uh, but thank God that uh, we have an, uh, an upcoming match for Orlando City this weekend against Minnesota United. And we can definitely all talk about that now. Uh, also, the good uh, performances that OCB is having, uh, you know, pretty much undefeated, uh, playing phenomenal football. Definitely going to talk about that. And then, you know, what to expect from Inchi, right? Inchi was our former coach. Uh, you know, he, he, uh, was, uh, he had a uh, one successful season, I guess, successful season with Orlando and, uh, he was out and then he found success in Minnesota. Uh, drop us a like, subscribe to the channel. Uh, if you're listening to us, thank you so much for your support. Um, how are you, Paola? How's it going? I'm doing fantastic. How about you guys? It's Monday. I'm back. Last Monday, I wasn't here. But I'm back. This is my favorite day of the week because I'm with you guys. So happy to be back. Uh, what's up, John? How are you? Good. Yeah, yeah. It was a little bit uh, no no soccer home games really to watch this weekend. So that was sad. I mean, there was the OCB. So thank you to everybody say, who went yeah, out to OCB had, on Sunday. Yeah, it wasn't like that. Were you there? I didn't go. So congrats no, to everybody. I you watched it there was a big crowd when I left there. I saw that. So, mm -hmm. but. Uh, yeah, no, all in the city and no pride at home. So a little bit of a quiet weekend, but, uh, you know, it was a good, nice, relaxing Easter. Yeah, um, I want to also say to everyone, happy Easter. And to John and to Paul, I did personally. But uh, to everyone watching, everybody listening, uh, happy Easter to everyone. Um, let's let's go and, and start talking about Minnesota, right? Uh, a tough, tough rival coming up. Uh, Inchi, our coach. Right, former coach. Um, how do you play against Inchi? Right. I mean, we've seen how Orlando's been playing and the inconsistency maybe Orlando's been having the past few few games. Uh, some games, you know, our away form is so much better than our home form. I think that's the first the first point. But what do we expect from Inchi? A defensive-minded coach against a defensive-minded coach, Pareja against Inchi. Are we looking for more of a dynamic team down in Minnesota? John, what are your thoughts regarding that? Well, I think there's a lot of similarities between Oscar and Adrian and the way they set up their team. And, like, you know, we both kind of play the 4-2-3-1. We're both pretty defensively solid. So I think it's actually going to be a fairly low-scoring game. Like, Minnesota so far have been, you know, very strong. They haven't really lost I mean, until this was last weekend. They lost to Chicago, but before that, they hadn't really lost at all. They even beat St. Louis before Mexico. I can never remember which city, whichever the one that killed themselves, city, the new team, St. Louis City. They beat them after their streak. So, you know, they're obviously having a good start to the season apart from the blip last week. They, like I said, they lay out very similarly to us. And, you know, we tend to have a problem at the moment scoring goals and they're very good at, you know, stopping the opposition from, from scoring because that's the way Adrian he likes to play. You know, he has hardworking defenders who are going to come out and give you 90 minutes of full work and they're going to, 
press everything and they're going to defend everything. So I think the two will kind of cancel each other out. I think we're going to see a low scoring match, sadly. How are you, Paula? Uh, you're, you're, um, we're coming through face Inchi. Uh, what are your expectations regarding this match coming up? So I was reviewing um, the last highlight against Chicago before this pod. And John said it like they have a similar style of how we play. Um, they tend to match. Depends on the team. I noticed I, I saw all lineups for each game that they have been um, facing this season. And depends. They match up St. Louis. They were 4-4-2. So I, I'm expecting the same formation from us for 2-3-1 against us. Um, we haven't faced them since the MLS uh, bubble. MLS is back. So I I don't have right now I'm in the mindset of I don't have expectations for Orlando to be honest. I don't want to be in that negativity. We're not going to win. I want to win, but right now we're in this situation, what are we going to do? So hopefully Ojeda unleash himself again and Faku revives again for for this match and and put up some goals for us. So I'm expecting the same thing as Oscar is expecting from Orlando protagonism from, from Minnesota cause they're at home. So, and defensively on our part needs to be nice and clean. So let's see, let's see how, how it goes with Minnesota. I'm with John. I'm not expecting probably we we're a tie. <laughs> I, I really don't know. We have to be careful on, Uh, free kicks for Minnesota. We have to be careful of corner kicks too. So let's see. I just want to say uh, this is the last score that, um, I mean, the Minnesota had against Chicago. They lost two to one. Uh, two goals for, for Kai Kamara. Um, he still has uh, gas left in the tank, apparently. <laughs> so he scored a brace against Minnesota. And Minnesota came... Uh, with uh, an all-time high performance against St. Louis, just like John was saying, uh, you know, cut the streak short and uh, surprised everybody. Now, um, one thing I'm going to say it's, it's very clear. Uh, on paper, we have a better team than they do. I'm talking about the quality of players. Now, Orlando has a better quality team. I mean, I think the only ones that, you know, will jump uh, to me and grab my attention and they've had great performances so far is obviously Luisa Maria, Trap, and Boxel. I think those three have always been, you know, like their, you know, their, their tandems, you know, in attack, in the mid, and also defensively. Um, now, who do we got? I think we have a more of a dynamic player and also uh, the dynamic players, but also we have more options on the bench. So I, I don't know. Well, what do you think about that, John, uh, regarding those three, those three players for, for Minnesota? I think, like Paul said, the, uh, the set pieces are a big part of that. Like Adrian kind of drills them like old school English managers where, you know, make the most out of those set pieces, something that we really don't do. So Boxel is a real threat from those, right? He gets up high and big. I think he's uh, um, from New Zealand, right? Isn't he like the captain of New Zealand or something? 
Um, I might be wrong about that, but he's a big center back and he gets up and causes problems on set pieces. I think also, you know, like you said, Amaria, Law, those are the kind of guys um, that could also be dangerous. I do think our squad on paper is better than them, but that, you know, as we've seen this season, our squad doesn't necessarily, you know, play up to its standard that we think that they should play up to at the moment. So maybe that's not really a factor. I would also say that Minnesota are going to, you know, make it very difficult for us. Like if you look at their results so far, it's all been like 2-1, 1-0, 1-1. Like there's not a lot of goals in there. And the same thing for us. So that kind of similarity continues where neither of these teams is really scoring a lot of goals, but neither of them really concedes a lot of goals. And that'll play into what I think Paul was right. I think it'll be a draw you know, most likely like a 1-1 one, one or a 0-0. Zero, zero. And hopefully we can use our, you know, def- our um, subs to come on and make some difference later in the game. That could be where, you know, our depth really plays into it to maybe get a 2-1. Um, bring on some players that are going to change that when it's stuck in a nil-nil or a 1-1. One, one. But I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a real tight affair. That's the way Adrian likes to play games. Like he's going to make it difficult. Yeah, and I think uh, I'll be honest with you. The two week break comes in in in, in a great timing for Orlando, um, and people are going to say no, but you know you're so positive. I said no. I mean, it comes in a great timing because you're talking about all those games that we just had. Uh, let me let me put them r- right here. Um, when it comes to Orlando City, all the games we just had in, in the span of uh, weeks. They all came, look, right here. Uh, so Tigres and Charlotte, and, I mean, there was really no no breaks. Um, now, this lengthy break, um, in a way, it's good for, for them. I know for a fact a lot of the players uh, got enough time to relax with their families and spend a good time. Um, some of them, like Ivan Angulo, went to New York, right? Uh, you know, Times Square. Galese went to Disney. And so forth and so on, right? Um, so good time. Now we need to see, in my opinion, Kara back by now, right, John? Uh, right, Paula? Do do you do you think Paula we will see uh, Kara? The the real question is, where is he? Like no nobody knows. knows. It's like it's like where is Waldo, but where is Kara? <laughs> That's, that's the reality. Let's call it an insider. I mean, it, it was a minor thing, like, what, four weeks ago? So if it's oh, minor, it's like a two knock. weeks. Uh-huh. A knock. It's been like a month. So it's more of a major thing now, right? Or they right. just haven't updated that. Or he is ready. I don't know. It's something's, something's off. I don't know. I just wish we can see him back. Um. Like we have talked in previous episodes, we want to see success for our forwards, right? So I just want to see him back and because we're paying this dude a lot, right? And he's a designated player. So I don't know what's going on. Where is Kara? If you have seen him, just let us know <laughs> where he's at. And um, I wish he he will play. I don't think so, but let's see if even he makes the bench on Saturday. Well, I, all I can tell you is that no one, including press, accredited media, does not know everything. 
and does not know the stage of the club right now. If you hear anyone that is telling you, hey, I know what's going on, you know, with, with so-and-so situation, uh, it, it's, not, it's not true. I mean, uh, it's just, I mean, we can definitely, it's like grabbing this Easter egg, right? This egg right here, right? And just toss it and expect that it would land right in the center perfectly on my table, right? There's nine out of 10 times they may not do that. But there's maybe a, Z, a 0.001% time that it will land right on its, right on the top, right? So, you know, what I'm trying to say is we're right now showing the lineup against Nashville, right? Pareja is going to play away. We've seen how Pareja wants to play away. And it seems like it works for this team. I know for a fact Antonio Carlos will be here. He, he'll, he's going to start. He's fit. He's been training. He's probably he's back. So that's those are good news, right? I, I, I just wanted to say those are good news, right? So the back four to me should be, um, but, you know, Mikey Holiday. He's back as well. We we sure as hell needed Mikey Holiday. Whether he might have not had a couple of good games, but I think his speed, the way he connected with the wingers, I think it was we needed that, right? Then Antonio Carlos is back. Jansen is definitely healthy, and then we get back Petrasso. He's being, I think, the most consistent, right? Right, John Petrasso. I think out of our whole backline, Petrasso and, and Jansen being the most consistent. I think uh, I think Petrasso's had his moments, yeah, but I think. A lot of people are quick to say they don't like Petrasso already. And I think that he's made a lot of him. Like, he came from being a reserve guy in Toronto, right? And so I I think, and I'm not 100% sure on this, but the original plan was probably to play Santos there, right? Now, maybe they overestimated Santos's defending abilities, perhaps, I think is what happened a little bit. And they don't really... They're not 100% comfortable with him in that left-back position. He seems to make some defensive errors. So they seem more comfortable having Petrasso in there, and he's kind of taken over that first-team role, which I think is great. And I think he has made some errors. But out of the two, he looks like the stronger option at left-back. I've seen some people calling to put, like, Angulo back there. I think it's a similar issue to Santos, right? You know, you're playing a left-winger as a left-back, right? Petrasso is the best defensive left back we have so i think we need someone in there who can make a tackle he's the guy now in in the mid ball uh, the martins experiment as a starter it did not work against nashville at least it didn't uh, i think everybody knows that uh personally i believe he should be a change of pace player coming off the bench from the bench yeah right. now who would be your your two in the mid now you're talking about you're playing against a defensive-minded, you know, I, I, you know, coach as well, like Inchi, that likes to play with maybe a, a six and an eight, right? Kind of like us, mm -hmm. in a way. So who will you put right there in the mid? Now everyone well, in the mid is healthy, from my understanding. Well, I saw earlier that um wilder got a knock or something they were gonna yes uh mm -hmm. yeah wilder wilder got a knock uh unfortunately with uh 
you know, I'm training. Yeah, I'm training. Just got a knock. He's getting an MRI. Hopefully, it's nothing serious. There was Alonso broke it down because he goes to the to the training ground. Training, but so, um, I mean, that was I, gonna say Wilder. I I I, yeah. I want to see Wilder with Araujo there. We already gave Martins a two chances, right? Now is the time to give Wilder a chance. If Wilder's not there. Put Daggered in. There on, you go. That's on, what I was going to say. Because I, I was wishing, and I said it in the, in my Spanish pod, like, let's, we already give Felipe the benefit of the doubt. Let me give, let me see Wilder. If not, Dagger, we, thank God we have death now. We have somebody to substitute from the bench or whatever. We have backup plans. So I will I would like to see if it's not Wilder, hopefully it's not, you know, um anything big, Dagger Dan. I want to see Dagger Dan and Araujo there. And then, you know, to me, uh, and for the uh, John is smiling too, Dagger Dan, I think this game fits perfectly for Dagger Dan. Yes. As a, as a, I don't know what do you think, John? I think yeah. it fits perfectly for Dagger Dan. As a as a starter, I think there's there's two sides to look at this, right? Like, do you want to be more defensive in those two positions? Like, do you want to play like an Arujo and then another guy who plays like Arujo, so a Cartagena defensive mid, or do you want to play someone who's a bit more attacking? You get forward a bit more. I for this game would agree that you want to have someone like Dagger Dan who has a more range of yeah. you know attacking talent at his disposal. I think it also depends on when Mauricio plays, right? So, you know, we're talking as if Mauricio is going to play the 10. We don't know. Like, Hopefully. Oscar, Oscar changes his mind about that every game. Am I wrong? Like, it's a he curveball. Move, he, he'll move him in the middle of a game. So, if, if Mauricio is playing, you know, next to Rujo, then, you know, the question is who's playing the 10, not who's playing the 8. So, I think I Mauricio will... is in there regardless. I think, I, I think that we've seen as he's sticking to Mauricio no matter yeah. what. Yeah, I believe it should be. Uh, Araujo and you know Araujo as uh, the sole number six right there in the mid and then it'll be as a number eight Dagradan on the left and then Mauricio on the right you know yeah, and then you I know I, I, th I think I think that would be because Dagradan I mean if they want to kind of trace back and defend Dagger can help Cesar right there, so they don't have like a double double six type of tandem right there when they're going defensively. Uh, and you know we know Pereira, he's more attacking minded, and he's he's gonna go for playing that ten role where where, where he excels the most, in my opinion. Well, I think with Dagger, you can you can mold him into what you want him to be, right? Because right. he's such a versatile player, and he doesn't. I was gonna have say that, that yep. right? So, what I would say if I was Oscar is I, I'd be exactly like you said, Luis. I would play, you know, what I call like a four-three-three as opposed to a four-two-three-one. You play a Rujo sitting deep in that six role, and you play two, you know, central midfielders next to each other. You know, Mauricio on the right or left, and Dagger Dan next to him, and tell Dagger Dan your whole job is to be the guy who goes completely all the way up the field and all the way back down the field. You're a box-to-box -box guy. You're the water carrier, the guy who's doing all the hard front work, both ends of the field. You're supporting Mauricio. And let Mauricio be the creative outlet. He can do that from the 10 or the 8. For me, it doesn't – that's kind of irrelevant. Like, he, it's the role is the same. 
I think he actually plays better a bit deeper because he's playing these long goals, like in the game against um, Philly, both of our goals came from Mauricio playing a, a ball deep in midfield, right? So I think he has the skills to play the 10, but I actually think that he plays better for us in the eight. So that whole midfield triangle that we just described would, I think, be the best combination for us with the best players and give us the most coverage in that midfield to be able to attack and defend. And I know for a fact that uh, people from the club watches the show. So I do I do want to say, hey, guys, this is a free, adv- free advice, you know, uh, completely free uh, for the love of the city. City Beautiful. I- I'm surprised but, he hasn't tried this yet. Really, I thought that this yeah. would be because we've done this before. Like We've yeah. done this, you know, 4-3-3. Oscar's done it with Mauricio yeah. in that eight, like yeah. just like that another season. So I'm surprised he hasn't reverted to that. Probably he will do it on Saturday. Who knows what curveball Pareja is going to throw us at us on Saturday. Another lesson learned in Nashville, guys, was you do not bench Facundo Torres. That's another. That's another. And I was surprised. I, I right. was saying he's going to be from the sub. But at the same time, I was just saying it to have a controversy or something. But. He was actually on the bench, and I was like, oh, crappers. So, lesson learned. And I want to say the reason why that was, was because Oscar was probably, Oscar and and his staff was sure that Angulo could definitely outrun maybe their wings. What they didn't maybe take in, you know, in consideration, or maybe Angulo, it wasn't just his night. It's not, it wasn't his night. He was just... I mean, the size of the wings is just the size and the built of the wingers for Nashville and the defenders, just Zimmerman against poor Ivan Angulo. It was just too much. You need there. Maybe it could have been more uh, beneficial for Orlando. Maybe have a Gaston Gonzalez if you really wanted to play more defense. Right. But I think Facundo Torres He's more of a technical player. He would have maybe tried to find a way to get the ball to Pereira or even try to set up Ojeda for success right there on the left wing. So in my opinion, I don't know what you think, Paola, but I believe that um, Facundo Torres should be on the left wing. Or on the right wing, on the mm-hmm. right wing, uh, and then Ojeda so, put on the left. Yes, that was, and I was thinking that that was going to be the formation for the last game against Nashville, but if it wasn't broke, why to fix it, right? This is the same formation that they utilize in Philly, and I was surprised. So I don't mind taking out Angulo as an experiment, and putting their Ojeda and Facu on the left or vice versa. I don't mind it to see what's going on. Because I, for to be honest, I don't like Ojeda when he's in the middle. When he was in the middle in Nashville, I was like, no, I don't like him there. Like I was like pulling my hair because we were first desperate to get a goal. And Ojeda and Facu, they were always together. Like spread out. I, like I didn't like Ojeda in the middle. So I don't mind. I don't mind either or in either wing. So what do you I think, agree. John? Right? I, I agree entirely with Paula. I think I think Ojeda needs to be on that right wing. I think that's yeah. where he looks most comfortable. 
And I think Taras can play the 10. Like we've seen that. From I was going to say that too. Uh, and I, I think he does better in that 10. And if we, if he wants to be the like, you know, leader of this team, I said it on, um, on the other day that we rely too much on Mauricio to be the creative outlet. Right. Like, you know, if you're looking and saying Torres is our $13 million guy, he's the guy who should be creating the goals as well as scoring them. Right. So he can do it all from the 10 position, just make him play it, like make him commit to that. And, because Austin keeps letting him go back out on the wing. Like when he came on against Nashville, he got to go out on the right wing. And I think Ojeda went to the 10 or Ojeda went to the it, left Yeah, wing. yeah, he went to the 10. And yeah, Ojeda, Ojeda went to the so, 10 and he looked confused. And we talked about <laughs> this. Like, like Austin keeps moving them around. It's like, look, just just say, Ojeda, you're playing on the right wing. Taras, you know, if he wants to do this, Taras, you're playing in the 10. I, I think we should play Taras on the left wing. Yeah. I'll but be if honest you are going to play a 10, it needs to be Torres. And then I have some interesting ideas about who you could play on the left wing instead of Agulo as well. I, so. I agree. I agree with John in, in that sense. And um, the 10 was his preferred position to play in Peñarol. That's what a lot of people don't know. I mean, he, he did play the wing there, but where he has scored the most goals, and if you notice also the goals he scored from Orlando, he was from called, the middle. it was from the middle. You know, and 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 it and that is something huge that I think um, we cannot overlook uh, because the stretch of games coming up, we've gotten a two two week break, guys. The stretch of games coming up, you know, Orlando, yes, Orlando has some good competition coming up, and uh, but these are games that we can definitely have to win at home. So, I mean, this is, I mean, there is no ifs and buts anymore. Uh, Orlando has to win at home now. Uh, I mean, DC United, um, it's a team that, you know, has improved somewhat, but they're still DC United. They still have their, their, their situation there at uh, Washington, in Washington, DC. And then LA Galaxy, a team that's going to be tough, but. Well, they are 13. They're having. Yeah. They're having. They're, yeah. having a, they're having a bad time, but mm -hmm. they're the LA Galaxy. I mean, True. I mean, and, you know, and so, and so, because there are teams in soccer that they play with a jersey. I've won five times. I have five stars on my jersey. You don't. Who the hell are you, little man? Right? With that type of attitude. And having Chicharito there, you know, very vocal guy. And, you know, I feel like LA Galaxy is going to try to play that game. But I do believe that Orlando, and I'm saying this. 9.29 p.m. April 10th. Orlando has, roster-wise, better team on paper than Minnesota, D.C., and L.A. Galaxy right now. F for me, my opinion. So <clears throat> I'm hoping for a turnaround. If Orlando wins three out of three, the whole city is going to go berserk, man. Right? Uh, uh, right, John? We're, we're, we're going to party. Sorry, hopeful. I think consistency is so hard for us to come by. So I would love to win three in a row. I think that'd be great. I mean, I think that would really shut a lot of people up if Oscar did that. But let's read some comments he, here. I think he has to be attacking. You know, that's the thing. Francis Wilson, I like this configuration. I am hopeful. Thank you, Miss Francis. I appreciate it. Uh, I want to say hello to Miss Francis. Um, definitely. I mean, there. I am. I am hopeful as well. I. I believe that. We have we have the depth. We just have to make sure that, like like John said, you know, 
stick with the lineup, <laughs> you know, first and foremost. Stick with the lineup, stick with the system. And let's just, you know, try to find that um, play on autopilot, dude. I mean, that, 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 right? Well, you're talking about these two weeks. Like, we hopefully we've used these two yeah. weeks to figure out some of the issues that we have. Like, Correct. you said that there was like a break, and this kind of feels like a natural stopping point. So, this is kind of like season part two. Exactly. Let's go again. Like, part one was like, okay, we're, you know, in the same, you know, nothing too bad, nothing too good, just kind of meh. Let's, let's see if we can improve on that with the next, you know, run. This is the slap on the face days. for the for the players. Okay, time to wake up. Let's let's secure some goals and win games at home. So and keep that momentum, not the inconsistency. So right. And um, you know, uh, Minnesota's coming up and Inchi's coming up. Uh do you think uh there's gonna be an inchi moment? Uh the no no you knowing inchi, John. Do you think he feels some sort of a uh, little, little bitter maybe for, for Orlando or, or you think that's past? I mean, I think, I think he's very grateful of the chances that he got Orlando. Like he wouldn't be in Minnesota if it wasn't for Orlando. Right. So he, he got a chance with us in the, the USL days and he, to be fair to him, he, he did so well with that chance that that managed to get him into, you know, taking the team the to an MLS team, right? And then I think that first season, he kind of knew that his roster wasn't any good. He kind of, you know, everybody knew that the, our our first, you know, our team for 2015, 2016 was really not very good at all. And Adrian did the best he could with what he had. And I think there was a little bit of impatience maybe to let him go a little bit too soon. Um, and he's now proven, you know, that he's a really, really good coach and what he can do with a, you know, a better squad over in Minnesota United. So for me, it was always sad, but I also think that, you know, it would have happened within the next two or three years anyway. Right. Like Orlando, when we started in this league, the first, you know, until Oscar came along, really, we struggled, we struggled with bad teams and, and hard managers that didn't really do much for us. So I think Adrian, unless the squad had suddenly got better, it would have been the same thing year on year. And eventually it would have inevitably happened mainly because the team just wasn't there for him. Right. You know, you see when he has a team that can compete in a league, like it was in USL, he's a great coach. So I don't think that he's a bad coach. I think it was just the, you know, bad timing for us and, and some impatience on the uh, the ownership of the Brazilian owners that just wanted to to you know try and make a change, and they decided to that Adrian was the guy that needed to go at the time. Now Adrian right now is owning us in a way. I mean, you're talking about in history when we faced Minnesota. Minnesota has two wins, one draw, one loss, and five goals. We've had on our side only one win against Minnesota which was uh, with Nani, right? Uh, it was with Nani at that time. And uh, with Oscar Pareja. Now, a lot of people, and I know for a fact, uh, when the whole Inchi was gone out of Orlando happened, and then here comes Oscar Pareja. When I first heard Oscar Pareja, I, I'm saying my honest opinion, it was like, oh, this gentleman, and I'm sure everyone, everyone said the same. Right, uh, and I want to think I would have believed that everyone said the same when they heard Oscar Pereja. I mean, I said 
Isn't this the guy who set up the FC Dallas Academy? That's the first. That's the first thing that that I and and so I, I immediately there. This is before I even cover the team. Um. Okay, this is the way Orlando wants to go. You know, academy, academy homegrown. You know, uh, creating my own players, right? Setting up stepping stones for for what's to come in the future, and then um, you know, look what Oscar has 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 given Orlando. You know, U.S. Open Cup and all that stuff. Now, um, a lot of speculations are still happening with Oscar. Uh, no one knows what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, I mean, all all we honestly know is that well, he has given the city. You know, and 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 the work that he's put on, uh, the careers he's changed. I mean, he extended Pato's career lo longer than anyone ever thought he a, a manager could have done it. And uh, people overlook this stuff. Uh, not only that, he overextend Nani's career. I was gonna say that he revived Nani. He revived Nani, dude. Like when Nani first signed, I said, "Oh, he he failed in Europe. Like the last few years, you know, before he he came to Orlando. I mean, what is he gonna do? Because he, he, you know, when Orlando signed Nani, it wasn't like Kaká. It was not like that. It was very low key. Just the just like if they would treat like you know Fabian Loyola or anyone there from OCB, just the picture signature, nothing more, nothing less." I don't even think there was a video. And if there was, maybe I'm, I'm mistaken. But, like, it was very low-key. So, and he revived Junior Urso also. Came from being benched at Corinthians uh, in, in, in Serie A in Brazil. Had a first season with Orlando that was kind of mm, not so great. Why do we pay so much for this player? And look what Junior Urso turned out to be. We kind of miss Universo, in my opinion, right now. So I believe that there's a stretch of games that Orlando can get points out of. How many points, John, do you say Orlando needs to achieve in these three games coming up? Oh, minimum six. Like, if you look at, you know, we're eighth because we have two wins, two draws, and two losses, you know. Draws and they get you one point. If we if we have a season where we get a bunch of draws, we're going to be you know eighth, tenth, ninth, and that'll be for sure. So these home games where where we've got our two losses, those have to be wins. Uh, you know, definitely against DC, that one hundred percent needs to be. Has to win. Points. The the Galaxy one, you know, it, it's the best. It's a great time for them to come. They're not looking that strong, so. If it was another time when they were, you know, top of the West, I would be like, okay, Galaxy coming into town, you know, let's try and get a draw, right? But this it's Galaxy, hurt. I'm like, no, I want three points. They're like, yeah, look, you know, let's, almost let's... bottom of the West. Like, I want three points for this team at home. So out of those three games, we need six points. We need right two here, wins, look. really. Look at, you know? look, at look at Galaxy, man. I know. They haven't won a game. So... <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, we we can we drew against Cincinnati, right? Who are top of the table, you know? So we we well, we lost the Nashville then pretty well. We have been played some tough teams who are up there, so I think that we need to get some wins against some of these teams that are lower down and easy pickings like DC at home. I I want three points, hundred percent. If we get three points, 
in that game, I'm not going back to Explorer Stadium. I'm not going to that game. So it's me, the Juju. So FYI, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But I'm going to be on vacation. So I'm not going to be in that game. So hopefully we get three points. I'm going to be watching wherever I am. I don't know if in my balcony back home because I'm going to Puerto Rico or something. So I will be supporting from PR. And if they, they win, that's a message for me. Not to, the, not to the team, just a message for me. I'm going to reflect on that. I'm not allowed in the wall already because of the loss against Charlotte. And I'm not probably I'm not going to be back in Exploria. I'm just kidding. But hopefully three points there. I'm surprised about the form of NYCFC and Chicago, honestly. You know, uh, Chicago is the most uh, surprising of all. Well, But it's Chris uh, Mueller, man. It's Chicago is just Chris Mueller's show right now. Like, he, I, I'm upset with that one, dude. I, I, I have a friend who is the director of communications over at Chicago. He used to be work for Orlando City. And I text him about Chris Mueller. I was like, dude, why is Chris Mueller like killing it for you? I'm upset. Like he left us. He goes to Scotland. It doesn't work out. Well, come home. Like come back then. That's fine. Don't go to Chicago and, you know, score goals for them. That's upsetting. Yeah. I mean, it, it happens. It, it happened with Kyle Aaron too. So, I mean, and he didn't come back no, to the he MLS. He didn't come back is what I'm saying. Like if you're going to come back to the MLS, why do we know? Uh, that's the part I don't understand. Maybe it's like, an Orlando have, like, thing. First right of refusal. <laughs> like, he just obviously didn't like Orlando. Like, okay, all right. I was a little bit hurt by that. I don't know if you can tell. But, uh, yeah. Does anyone else feel this way? Am I the only one who feels like Chris Mueller is, uh, you know, upsetting in the fact that he's now scoring? I mean, he Chicago wrote a book. He, he was I killing mean, it for us before he went to He Scotland. was killing it. Yeah, We I mean, believed on him because everybody was speculating about Chris Mueller. Like, oh, from the draft, who is this kid? We picked him up. He had a successful sec from the second year, not the first year. I will say the second year. Since he, Because we since developed him. We, we made him play time. Like we, we got him exactly. good enough to play. Exactly. So uh, now I see him. It hurts because he's from our own. You know, we draft the kid. He went to Europe trying to get better things. It didn't work out. Now he's in Chicago. In his hometown, right? But at the same time, it's like, ah, why? Like, imagine if Benji came back to the MLS and then went to go play for another MLS. I mean, that one would hurt more than Chris Mueller. Portland. Benji. I mean, he could, right? But he could. That's he the thing. Like, I'm, all, I'm all for you going to Europe. Go do your thing. But if you're going to come back, like, come back and play for the team that, you know, I don't know. This one, maybe 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 he felt maybe he felt like because of the depth of the team of, of Orlando that they were the signings that they were having, you know, the competition was going to be a little bit more fierce. Because if you think about it, I mean, and no disrespect to Chris Mueller, but Gaston Gonzalez, what he did in Argentina was, I mean, he scored more goals than Chris Mueller in his last two seasons in Orlando. Uh, you're talking about Facundo Torres. I mean, everybody wanted him, or he decided to come to Orlando. Then you had Martin Ojeda. So, I mean, he, Martin Ojeda wasn't in the picture, but, I mean, you're talking about, he apparently thought, you know, hey, you know, uh, it's probably better for me to be that, you know, have the opportunity to not to have so much competition near me. And Chicago was a team that really wasn't doing that great at the time that he was signed. 
And, you know, maybe that's maybe that's what it is. Or maybe he wanted like, I don't know, you know, eat, eat, you know, you know, go see the bulls, you know, uh, or I mean, or, yeah, some guys don't, you know, on some, on some hot dogs and they, they want to be in another you know market. They want to be in a bigger city or whatever. Right. You know, what's funny about Chicago as well. They do better without Shakiri. You know, yeah. he, he since he's been gone and they've been playing this Brian, I think it's Brian Gutierrez is the young guy they've been playing at the 10 yeah, instead of him. Great. Killing Fantastic. Him yeah. So it's almost like, you know, where, do, where does Shakiri can't get back in the team? I wouldn't put him back in the team if I was them. And it's one of the lowest attendance team that has MLS right now. They don't get people in their stadium. It's like, 11,000 or 12,000 this past weekend. And I'm like, Orlando better win games at home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're going to, I mean, yeah. they have to. I mean, they're a long established franchise. That's that's right. And and I could, could wholeheartedly agree. Let's go ahead and read some comments. Tyler Clink. Thank you so much, Tyler. I just wanted to say hi. Love the podcast and keep putting our keep putting out the great content. Now, thank you so much, Tyler. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for that for those kind of words. Francis Wilson, you're not the only one, John, <laughs> about Chris Mueller. So, yeah, I mean, it, it would hurt a little bit. I guess I'm not really the type of person that gets so upset if players leave because I'm, you know, but I totally understand what Chris Mueller represented for Orlando. So. You know, I, I think uh, it's when they they go. You know, I'm all for like I said. It's when right. they come back and they don't yeah. come back to us. It's, it's like, like Mikey Holiday. It's, yeah, it's like yeah. Mikey Holiday coming back and going to like I don't know, enter Miami, right? Right. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. I mean, thank it. God! <laughs> like, can you imagine? No, we I'm not even imagine that because right? it's gonna be painful. Right. So, but I mean, it could happen at some point. It has happened to the best of clubs. You know, yeah. uh, it has happened. And uh, there's just some things that we as a fan base need to understand. Kyle Larry may come back if, let's say, in Spain's not working out, if he decides to come back and he decides to go to LAFC. Think about it, right? I mean, I think players now get so much motivated for opportunity. Some of them, not all of them, especially the young players for opportunity and obviously money. But you know, uh, than than the crest and the value of what would they experience in Orlando. Another one of them, I, I want to say this was Jotun. Uh, Jotun had the chance to come back to Orlando City, uh, and he decided that he could get more money and and sign with the Peruvian team. And now he's all he went downhill, uh, and he's going to stay in Peru. He's going to retire in Peru, more than likely. Uh, Mr. Jay Santos, Mueller turning to a Duncan. There you go. That's right. Uh, Anderson Pacheco. Mueller's Orlando exit wasn't smooth. I don't blame him for going back home. Yeah, I mean, he is from Chicago, right? Is he? Oh. Yeah. yeah, he is. Oh, well, that's fair, then. Okay. I take it all yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you're Chris. A, you're not mad at him anymore? No, that's fine. <laughs> if you're from there and that's your hometown, I can respect that. I can't No, that. yeah, that's his hometown. That's his hometown. Uh, well, uh, I'm still a little bit upset, but I... Yeah, I but still, you know... Maybe he didn't like. Maybe he was tired of eating, you know, uh, cholo dogs or something, right? Maybe he said, "Hey, I want to eat a hot dog from Chicago," you know, uh, you know, for kilos or something. <laughs> right, I want to go eat. Right, <laughs> uh, but anyways, um, you know, another great, and I would say, uh, great, great, 
you know, performance, I will say, and, and, and it's OCB. I mean, what OCB is doing right now, it's, it's incredible, you know, and it tells you that there are positives in this club. Not everything is, uh, you know, that everything's falling apart, <laughs> right? Or, or that, you know, everything is chaos and, you know, I, I, I have to be right. You know, it's there's a lot of positive. I say if we go down in the mid, we go down with injuries and we need someone, a creator or somebody that's able to play that eight role. Juninho. It's a great chance. I think he's shown consistently in all these OCB games that he can definitely do that role. I don't know, John, I think you wanted to say something. I mean, I thought I was looking at him on that, that game yesterday and he looked lively coming out of that midfield. Like he, he picks up the ball really well and he's very similar to the way Dagger Dan does out of the midfield. He's not afraid to pick it up and dribble with it from that deep, you know, uh, midfield position, which is a rare, it's a rare thing to see a guy you can tackle and do all that and also be so good on the ball, you know? I think as in terms of him jumping up to first team, I'm always like, there's a, there's a big leap from MLX and that next pro to MLS. So I would love to see him get some minutes this year, but I don't, I don't think there's anybody jumping from like, look at Mikey, right? Like he did whole seasons with OCB before he even gets like a few games in the first team. So I think these guys, some of them who do really well, OCB, I definitely want to give them a chance in the, in some games this year for the first team. Like definitely, you know, call them up for some lower, you know, um, some easy games in Open Cup or some easy games in Leagues Cup, for sure. Uh, but whereas getting them in the starting lineup, I, I still think it's a bit of a, a bit of a jump, even though they are killing it, doing really well. I, I think that leap is, is bigger than people realize. They have uh, nine points, zero losses, zero draws. They're on fire. They just beat Inter Miami. Uh, Fun game Chris- to watch. Yeah. I saw it too. So, um, and I mean, if people are saying this is how Orlando City should play, the the first team should play, we're talking about peace and carrots, guys. This is a developmental league. Uh, <laughs> they get developmental uh, rivals, right? And uh, for our developmental and our um, our B squad being so strong. It shows that we have depth in every single position in Orlando if anything goes wrong. And that's to me is fantastic. And I think it should it should uh, we should definitely uh, encourage every single one. I love the fact that the ILF went there too. Uh, they went to the inter Miami game. That that's the way it should be. And tickets were fairly priced. I think it was like ten, fifteen dollars and then ten dollars. Ten dollars. Like yeah. I mean that Osceola Stadium should be packed. Uh, for for the boys, and that that is motivating them. I mean, uh, it's motivating them, and I mean, there's a lot of talent. Uh, Fabian Loyola played a hell of a game, very good at set pieces. Alex Freeman, uh, freaking phenomenal. Jack uh, Lynn got another goal. Jack Lynn got another goal. Jack Lynn. Three in minute three was or it was super early or five. I don't know. 
Yeah, so it was uh, on the fourth minute, right? Oh, there uh, you he go. He opened the score. Uh, is the, you know, it was Fabian Loyola. I think he took it down the right, the, the right flank. And then he just whipped it cross and, you know, found the head of Jacqueline. But that shows that Fabian Loyola's uh, cross was perfect. Those are the type of crosses well, we want. The, the second goal, he like ran through three of Miami's defenders. And yeah. It in the back. Like it looked like a really professional, you know. Looked like, like something that Ojeda <laughs> would try to do for the first team, right? Like, no, no, you know, he's playing that same role for OCB. And it, it really showed he was controlling that midfield a lot. Him and Janino and the guys we mentioned. Alex Freeman is one that I, I would give now, I would give some time in. To the first team i think yeah kyle is not particularly impressed me so far this season and um anybody who listens to extra time and is an mls sicko like i am will know that david goss is a big fan of alex freeman and tipped him to be you know as good if not even better than mikey Halliday. so i say you know we've seen from mikey what happens when you give them a few chances in the first team right build that confidence Let's give Mike. I mean, let's give uh, let's give Alex some minutes. When uh, he's gonna when be the to. next Mikey Holiday, I, th- I think he's the one who's gonna step up next. Or Fabian Lula. I think I think he definitely should see some time based on on how good he looked in this game. Uh, these are players that should be on League Cup. These are players that I would love to see in the U.S. Open Cup. The, the first round of the U.S. Open Cup probably play the Rowdies. We'll play it. Yeah. We'll play a Florida team, right? Probably. Right. An USL Florida team or a Miami FC Florida team. As long as we're not playing like Inter Miami, Puerto you know, Rico FC. Yeah, right. The Puerto Rico Islanders. I don't know if you remember. Uh, that, right. Back in the day, they they don't exist. They anymore. don't exist. Yeah. Oh, it's so upsetting. So upsetting. Um, but that's the kind yeah. of team. Carmelo Anthony. Boys at chance against, right? And uh, not too many of them, though, right? You can't you can't just put the whole OCP in against the first <laughs> round. That's not. You got to have some first team in there. But these guys who are killing it for OCP week in week out, they just they deserve that chance. And I think that Oscar would be foolish not to give them a chance when they've shown that they are, you know, they're, they're doing really, really well. It's a shame that New England had to go and win their third game as well, or else they would be the only team with three wins. But yeah. uh, New England, too, have also got three wins. No, in I the do... under-15, they played this past weekend, yeah. and we semifinal. were in the in the semifinals. I watched the game, too, and the future is purple. Like, yeah, I, can her, say, her... I can say that... I will. We will see a lot of potential coming up through this pipeline, like Ricardo Moreira said in one of the videos. Like I was, I was impressed. I'm like, look at this little kids, like putting the name out there, and um, moving the ball, like grown ups, and and doing set pieces. I was, I was surprised. So the future, I'm, I'm super optimistic of of the future of Orlando City. Yeah, I mean, we were we're beating. International teams like we beat Real. I think we was a, no, not Real Madrid. We knocked out Columbus for the U15s, and like uh, there's a lot of big clubs around the world. And in previous years, that competition, the MLS teams would get run over. And now the MLS teams, like I don't know if you saw that guy Sullivan who plays for Phillies U15s. Yeah. That yeah. kid, that kid made Real Madrid look stupid. So, you know, that's the kind of level that some of these academies are at. Like the academy level in MLS and and in the U.S. is as good as 
Spain's academy for the top teams, yeah, and England's and academy for the top teams, and Germany's academy. Like this, showing at this youth level, we can compete with the world. And you wouldn't believe how many people in South America. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to be completely honest. They downplay the MLS tremendously. Even people from my other podcast, right? Uh, they, they're like, "Oh, what do you have, McKinney? What's McKinney one in the world?" Well, Pulisic, oh, bro, you're talking about a player. We don't even have. There are not even players in South America playing at that freaking level. And you're, you know, you're talking about so the academy level. People in 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 Peru flip out. I'm gonna say this wholeheartedly. If they're listening, it's okay. That's fine. They flip out because I say the U.S. men's national team. What they want in 2026 is be top four. They're like, that's impossible. Can't happen. What, what about Morocco? And and uh, do you you anyone in the world had Morocco top four in the world uh, in, in in Qatar? No one. So I mean, there is an opportunity for the U.S. playing in U.S. soil with these players that you know right now they're what 19, 18, right? Or or, or even the under 15s. Look, they're going to be in, in by, by the time the the World Cup's up they're going to be already playing in MLS teams, right? So, I mean, the future not only is purple. I think the future, it's the academies that every single club in the MLS has going on right now for, for the sport in the United States. And, uh, I mean, it's fantastic. And uh, I, I wouldn't be more proud. Another thing I wanted to add, and I wanted you guys your opinion, is Juninho, right? I think everyone is, like, super static about Juninho, how he's playing. It was um, his first goal contribution against uh, Inter Miami. But the thing that I want to say is it's fantastic to see that he, they given the, the captain armband to him. Because in Brazil, he didn't really have the minutes he wanted. He was a very good prospect. They always consider him a very good prospect. But they never give him a chance. And I think he's shown very good leadership. And as you can see in this picture, everyone freaking loves him. You know, he's, he's, you know, he's so positive people's person takes pictures with everyone, you know, uh, and I think that's fantastic. You know how coach uh, Perlman is uh, definitely um, knows his squad, right. And is able to, you know, reward them and, you know, in, in such way of giving him the armband, the captain armband. He and reminds then, me of Urso. I don't know yeah. about you, but it reminds me of him. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'll say a faster or so uh, maybe, yeah. yeah i think because of the age right and and the way that he cuts through the through the players i was like wow this he can he can move fast um and remind me of junior urso playing for us so i think i we we could see him playing with the first team if he gets you know contracted by the first team and why not but i don't mind him playing to in the first team as a backup backup if you know nothing happens to the first team with injuries or or whatever but i don't mind him playing for the first team at some point yeah definitely you know that's that's the squad right there right john <laughs> yeah i just wanted to send you that picture i think they just that you know they're they seem like they're playing with so much freedom you know, like, I think that's the beauty of being the B team. You're not, you're not weighted by the pressure of the first yeah, team. And I right. think they, they just seem to really be enjoying their soccer, like a great bunch of kids. And, you know, they're, 
they're having a killer season. So all, all congratulations to them. And I, I can't praise them enough. And I, I hope it continues. And I'm excited to see some of these guys get a chance in the first team, really. That's right. That's right. Um, you know, I I have nothing but great things to say about this team. Uh, the future is purple. Uh, and there's a lot of first-team players uh, in this squad, too, like Abdi Salim, right? I think we've seen them there. Um, Wilfredo Rivera also is another player that we could hopefully see in League's Cup. Uh, and uh, this kid, Ataifi, this kid's really good, too. Like, he he's, uh, man, he, he's really good. Uh, I mean... The talent is there. Uh, it's just they're going to get the chances, hopefully, by the time uh, League's Cup and U.S. Open Cup. I would like to see maybe, and call me crazy, but if, if Galese, we want to keep him playing in a, in a high level and he wants to, because he said it, right? I want to be the best goalkeeper in the MLS. That's what I'm preparing myself to. Um, Javier Otero could maybe play U.S. Open Cup. Yeah, I mean, he, he made that. Um, He's a he freaking fantastic, a really good save. Player. I was very impressed. He got got yeah. down low. It was it was a good penalty. It wasn't an easy save to make, and I could tell in the build up there was a lot of build up. I don't know what the rep. There was some argument over the ball being in the right spot or something. Did you see that? One of our players was very upset about something, so that kind of delayed. And you and you watched. I was watching a tarot. It's always interesting to watch the keeper in that scenario. Like the longer they have for the build-up of the PK. Does that affect them negatively or positively? A lot of keepers, it's negative. Like, they won't they'll won't be able to make a save because it's been so much build-up and there's so much nerves. But Otero waited all that time, looked calm and cool, and I could see it on his face. I was like, oh, I think he might save this. And he made a great right down to the bottom left corner reaching to, uh, to stop Miami getting a, a goal and potentially getting back in the game. Yeah, and, you know, uh, a lot of talent. And, uh, again, you know, Paola, what are your what are your thoughts uh, regarding some of the talent that we just mentioned? Like I said, like, I don't mind them being in the first team at some point. Like, we have the talent, like John said, they're playing comfortable, and I think they're happy. Like, I haven't seen an OCB like this in a while. And correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, but this coach is new to OCB or he was already there prior in the past. Cause I, I've never seen this coach. And I think what he has implemented with OCB is, is been good for this season. Yeah. He was, he was here last season. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, but obviously the talent was not there last season. Now the, the they have a lot been, of talent. Yeah. Like Medina played really good. That's my cousin. I don't know if he's my cousin, but shout out to Medina. He he was playing good. Um, I think Acuna, that's his last name. He's a Kibu forward. Kibunchi too. Okay. What is that? Kibunchi. I don't know if I'm butchering his name. Uh, he's, I don't know. He's a defender? No, he's uh, he's in the mid. It's in like the mid? A, yeah. Kibunchi. That's his name. Yeah, he was great. Uh, I, they're I mean, all great. They're and, very and, solid, and and they play. They already know each other, so they're they're playing like by memory. Like okay, so Juninho uh, has the ball. Okay, he knows already who to pass it to, you know. And that's I think, like John was saying, playing with no pressure creates that. You know, uh, they 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 get more into 
their their game, you know. Now, um, I do want to say that there is a national team scouting this team, you know, uh, when it comes. And I, and I want to say this because this is good for Orlando. I mean, Juninho, Brazilian national team, obviously he he's already – I don't think he will make the national team in Brazil. I think the elites uh, make that, <laughs> that big team. But for I know for a fact this uh, per sources in, in South America – the Venezuelan national team is keeping an eye to Javier Otero. Uh, he he has a he's he could represent the United States and also Venezuela. Uh, he's shown interest, and also Fabian Loyola. Uh, the craziest part with Fabian is that he has he Chile uh, national team from Chile is uh, also looking at his performance and hope they're hoping to see him more play in the first team squad. And if they do, they are going to definitely look out for him. Now, the U.S. also is on contention. Uh, from my understanding, I think he will prefer to play more in the U.S. But you understand, you understand also the competition, right? I mean, Chile right now, they don't have a player at that position uh, like him. And uh, the U.S., think there are more options than Fabian Loyola at that at that at that position. So this is a situation that Fabian needs to understand and maybe see. Maybe he tries out a camp with Chile and then tries out a camp with the US, you know, but that's a decision that the good thing is that the Academy is getting all the eyes from Comebol, from UEFA, you name it. They're getting all the eyes, all the attention. And that is something huge for the club. That Orlando City uh, is having that much of a, of a good press. So um, I wanted to encourage everyone to, again, subscribe to our channel. If you're listening, uh, thank you so much for your support. Um, drop us a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. Click on the notification bell for all notifications. Paula, any uh, last uh, words you want to say before we go? Yeah, absolutely. Um, our last episode in Spanish is up. Um, we talked about what happened last two last two weeks in the last. <laughs> I I have you know I I erased that that game from my mind. But we talked about Nashville in Spanish. What happened and our predictions for for Saturday. Um, just follow us at Tiro de Esquina OC in any platform: YouTube, Twitter. And Instagram, you will see me and my husband talking about um, Orlando City in Spanish. And um, I will be cruising on Saturday. So that's another good news if we win. It's me, the juju. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. And I'm going to stop watching Orlando City if that no, happens. I'm make you stay in the tailgate lot. I'm going to say, Paul, you're not allowed in the stadium. Just stay in the tailgate. You're like, like quarter and me. Like, you, no, you can have a radio. You don't have to watch the game. We'll give you the, we'll give you the, you know, you could have the 104.1 local broadcast. That's fine. Uh, I, fun, fun thing. I criticized when I was little and uh, like back home baseball is a big thing so i used to go to triple a games um and i saw you know elderly people with the radio i'm like why aren't these people doing that and now that i'm older i'm like i wish i can hear the commentators and the, in the in the game so now i understand but i won't be seeing 
what is happening on Saturday until I think until Monday when I have signal back. Man. But um well they don't have Wi Fi in boy. these cruise ships. Yeah, Come there's on. no Wi Fi. Wi Fi in the ocean. I'm not gonna I'm pay. Not gonna I'm pay. Sure. Oh, come on, Paula. What's no, like, twenty bucks. Yeah, she's gonna, she's gonna, she's gonna. No, I, she's probably. I don't she's know. Or texting us, be like, I'm watching the game. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna find like i bet like the free wi-fi yeah, yeah. in like the cafe yeah, yeah. Or the cruise ship. Uh, she's, get, she's gonna be a laptop like she's gonna be a... like us you want to watch the game no i want to watch the game i mean she's gonna be at the bar say hey you got a hot spot man do, do you have apple apple tv here yeah, you got like, you got a you have hot spot can i just can i just log in and watch my team on your laptop i'll right. probably be that psycho at seas asking for the orlando city game trust me i will do it but um support the team even if they're away i i am a believer they they play better away than at home but um hopefully three points follow us in that you know in that hashtag there at tiro esquina OC for content in spanish but vamos orlando i'm looking forward of this two weeks of break and what's going on with with orlando There you go. Uh, John, anything else you want to add before we close? No, this has been a long, a long two weeks of no, no Orlando City. So, yeah. you know, I don't know why we have a bye week. Does anyone explain why we don't have a game? We should have played the Charlotte game this weekend. Like, this weekend. Instead of the same week of the Tigres and all that stuff. This weekend was perfect for that. But it's a nice break for them. They they don't wind. Let's pray that it's more points coming up. I well, mean, we um, need uh, we need some points out of these three games, right? You said it, Luis. So uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping we get a draw at Minnesota. Let's get a one-one. Let's let's steal something away from Adrian. That'll be great. I, I want I want to win against Minnesota. I think it's possible. Um, And um, I want, you know, everyone to stay united for the team. Uh, and uh, then we come to D.C., pack D.C., pack L.A. Galaxy. Uh, that game is going to be pretty special uh, for me because uh, uh, before Orlando came into play, before Orlando came into play, way before Orlando came into play, you know, I used to play FIFA with L.A. Galaxy all the time so you know back in the day the, the last mls cup that they got with donovan and uh robbie keen remember robbie keen good old robbie keen right so uh, i think the galaxy and, fans are longing for those days right now yeah yeah the, that 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 used to be the galaxy that everyone remembers right and i remember because i went to the rose bowl for um and i was talking to a lot of galaxy fans that We'll live nearby because uh, they want to support Mexico. And uh, they're like, yeah, we don't longer have. LAFC has completely changed uh, LA sports, uh, especially in soccer. And, you know, they were like, yeah. So um, I do want to say uh, stay positive. Uh, stay true. Uh, don't, don't, don't get caught by negativity. All <laughs> right. Uh, words of advice. Uh, don't believe the hype. Right, it's another word of advice. And then I do want to say that Heartful of Pride podcast is coming up for the first episode this week. Uh, so we should be putting out a preview for what's coming for the Pride uh, this Sunday. Uh, 
against Gotham FC, right? So we're going to be having uh, how is Orlando Pride's form and obviously the recent retirement of Leah Pruitt uh, that, you know, she's unfortunately retired. But we're going to be talking about all of that at Hartford of Pride podcast right here at Latin Pride Orlando. So thank you so much. And uh, before we go, um, again, subscribe to the channel. 550 subscribers. Thank you so much for the support. Let's get to the 600. And little by little, we'll get to that 1K. And vamos Orlando, guys. See you guys uh, next week. Vamos Vamos Orlando. Take care. Take care. Hi, this is Luis Carlos Pineda from Loud and Proud Orlando. I want to thank you for listening to us through Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Help us grow our purple community by following us on all our social media outlets. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're also available on YouTube as Loud and Proud Orlando. We're available on Instagram as Pineda underscore ORL. We're available on Facebook as Loud and Proud Orlando. And on Twitter as LPO underscore podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And vamos Orlando.